if you've got an extra 800,000 bucks lying around and you're a drug addict or you are ineligible to purchase a firearm from a federally licensed firearm dealer, fear not because all you'd have to do is buy a ghost gun. And unfortunately, ghost guns are, are becoming more and more of an issue. In fact, in 2021, the number of guns rec- uh, recovered was over 19,000. ATF has linked ghost guns to 692 homicides and non-fatal shootings in 2021 alone. Ghost guns are, they're clean. There's nothing on them. There's no serial number. There's no identification. They come disassembled, and all you got to do is put it together. And for a cool grand, you can buy one. Teens are buying them more and more often. There was a case out of Springfield, Virginia. An 18-year-old was too young to buy a gun from a licensed gun store. He also, even if he were of age, I don't think he was 18 at the time, but even if he were of age, he was also an admitted drug dealer. He had mental health issues. So he would have been ineligible anyway. But he went to a website, got a ghost gun, put it together. There was a fight in a garage. He went, got the gun, started shooting two people dead. And this is just another issue of, well, we have no laws on the books that prohibit this type of of purchase. And there's really no oversight. And it's becoming a bigger and bigger problem Uh, certainly around the country. Bill Cusick, the owner and operator of Action Impact Firearm Range, a federally licensed licensed firearm dealer. Uh, He's also a former law enforcement officer and attorney, and he joins us this afternoon. Bill, great to talk with you. How big of an issue are ghost gun kits and ghost guns, uh, not only uh, maybe worldwide, but certainly here in the United States? Uh, hi, Chris. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you, I honestly believe it's probably the number one firearm issue facing the United States currently and in the foreseeable future. There are literally millions of these guns that are out there, and um, there's nothing anybody can do about it. I mean, some there's still been like 10 states that have enacted legislation, but I, I firmly believe that with ghost guns being readily available, it makes all other proposed gun legislation and discussion irrelevant. Well, I got to tell you, I, I think of a guy. I've never, I've never seen a ghost gun. I've never even seen a ghost gun kit. But, but from from what I understand, I mean, you're putting together a machine. I, I don't know that I could do that. How difficult is it to put one of these together? Uh, it's not difficult at all. In fact, you can go to YouTube and they'll walk you through it. So oh, I would geez. say the first time you were to, to attempt to do it, well, they'll even give you the tools to do it with, at least the drill bits. Um, so the first time you do it, it might take an hour, hour and a half. Uh, I think after you do it one time, you can probably get it down to maybe 30 minutes. You can do it. So there's literally been individuals who, in essence, buy these, assemble them, and then they sell them. It's a very popular tactic with uh, a lot of the gangs that we're aware of. And I mean, we, we, we that's a great point, um, because I, I, I've I've heard them referred to as like gun libraries, where if there's a, a rundown house, an abandoned house, 
uh, criminals know or gang members know where these caches are of weapons. They go, they take the gun, they go out, commit a crime, and, and return the gun back so they don't have it in their possession. Uh, and and it, if it's not in their person and they get uh, caught, well, they don't have the, the, the weapon that committed the crime. So um, it, uh, are, are ghost guns used for that purpose uh, primarily? Yeah, they're used for any and all purposes. I think primarily you're going to see drug cartels pushing them through their local gang, like in major cities, Detroit, Chicago, New York, St. Louis, on and on, uh, certainly Los Angeles. So, all right, let me just give you this number. I'm aware of a, a dealer in Los Angeles who actually has a storefront or has had a storefront. And in a 10-year period, his estimates were he sold between 3000 of these gun kits. Wait, wait, you broke up there. Say that again. Between three and what? 500,000 in a 10-year period. And he said, I'm just one. Oh, my he God. He said, so literally, there's millions. Well, that, I find that number staggering because I know how many firearms I've sold in that right. same period of time. Right. And it's nowhere near that number. So uh, the federal government did try to do something about this. ATF did. Um, they said, if you manufacture anything that could end up uh, being a firearm, a frame or something, then you needed a serial number. But a federal judge in uh, Texas has put a stay on that proposed order. So right now, the only restrictions are on us as dealers. If I were to take one in, I have to give it a serial number. Sure. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to mess with all that. Um, so, you know, I, I just find it kind of, you know, I don't think ironic is a proper word, but, it's, you know, we've got all this other proposed legislation which really pales in comparison to this issue. So you and I have had countless conversations, and, yeah. and, and I am of the belief that whether it's red flag laws, whether it's uh, background checks, I, I don't believe that this will necessarily slow down mass shootings. And, and I think that we agree on that uh, in, in most cases. Um, but, but this seems to be an issue where there is no legislation. There is no federal oversight. And if we really want to crack down on this, Making this either really difficult to achieve in, in getting one of these kits um, or or cutting down on it altogether might do some substantial good. Right. But, but here's, here's the funny part about this. It's not been the government that slowed it down. What has slowed it down is the manufacturers being sued in civil court. And they're being sued in so many states by so many victims that it's made it cost prohibitive for them to be in business. But then what that does is just transfers the manufacturer to, to other countries because there's really not much you can do about that, right? So if they come in from China, if they come in from another country, you're not going to sue them in a local court. That's not sure. going to happen. They wouldn't even care if you did. So, I mean, this is a major, major, major issue facing law enforcement, facing all of us. Why have we not heard about this to the extent of, I mean, is it just not as buzzy as, as uh, uh, you know, like uh, extended background checks and red flag laws? Is it not, is it not uh, politically charged enough? Why, 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 not, why have it, we not heard more of this? It's not politically charged enough because here's what, your initial impression of a ghost gun was that you needed a special 3D printer to accomplish it. And that was like in its very initial form, right? And so the belief was, well, who's, who's got the technology or the money to even afford one of these printers? But that's no longer the case. You don't need the printer. This thing comes in a kit. 
So all you have to do is take a drill bit, and like I said, it'll take you, you know, after after a few times, it'll only take you 30 minutes to put these things together. Mm. And I'm going to tell you, Chris, from a distance, from five feet away, you wouldn't know the difference between these guns and the actual manufacturer gun. Really? And it's not just handgun. Oh, you wouldn't know the difference. They are nice looking. They do a really nice job, i got to tell you. And it's not only handguns, it's also ARs. Do do you think the same the same set of rules that you play under as a federally licensed firearm dealer should be applied to these dealers as well, these sellers of these types of, of ghost gun kits? Yeah, it's going to be unpopular with the NRA and unpopular with some Second Amendment people. But I'm going to tell you, yes, I do agree they should play under the same rules because otherwise. And what you are we're a saying, strong Chris, proponent of the Second Amendment. Well, I am, but. I think what we're saying when we allow this to take place is we don't really care who owns guns. Right. (laughs) Right? (laughs) 15-year-olds can buy them. What they're doing is they'll buy a uh, a gift card. And right. And and that is a huge – yeah, you just go to CVS, buy a a preloaded gift card, and away you go. That is a huge, huge problem. Uh, Bill Cusick, always appreciate the time and insight. Thank you. All right, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, we've got to take a break. I'd love to get your thoughts on this as well as we come back here on WJR.